0: G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to the Reach Australia podcast. Today we're gonna be talking about mergers. If we wanna reach Australia, mergers are gonna have to be part of the conversation that we're having. Uh, These are just some stats from North America, but I think they play out in Australia as well. Uh, Each year, about 2% of congregations or churches across the states decide to vote or are forced to close. Uh, 12% of senior pastors change churches in any given year. And if you think about the life cycle of a church or the health of a church, only 20% of churches are growing and so therefore able to be the lead church, which we'll talk about in, uh, in my conversation in a moment with uh, Anthony uh, Barakoff from Northlight in, uh, in Sydney. Uh, the other thing to sort of raise in the context of this conversation as well, is that uh, church plants always are gonna need a building. So this merger conversation I think is, is pretty important for church plants who are looking for a space to meet uh, or a, a building as they move through the sort of size barriers as well. So, if we're going to reach Australia, we need to be talking about mergers. And today, I'll be talking with Anthony Barraclough. You're the senior minister at North Light Church, which is in the upper North Shore in the beautiful leafy part of Sydney. Yes, it's
1: tough, it's tough. <laughs> Good to be with you, Scott. Thanks for having me here.
0: Yeah, great great to have you. You've recently just been through a merger process. Mm-hmm. So uh, today I want uh, to talk with Baz about that and we're going to learn some lessons, uh, hear your experience and hopefully push into what it looks like uh, to merge with another church. And I'm hoping this conversation can be actually helpful for a whole bunch of church mm. leaders across Australia as they think into this and rather than sort of have it forced on them, can actually be proactive in the process mm. of merging. So. I hope so. hope it does that. Give give us a bit of uh, detail about your church Mm -hmm. and the church that you merged with.
1: So uh, this merger took place in the last two years and there was a little bit of a dance before that. I've been the senior minister at St Matthew's West Pimble uh, uh, prior to that, so all in all now for about seven years. So we were approached by a neighbouring parish, a smaller parish, uh, to see if we could help them with their ministry. And that was how it was put, actually. Um, is there any chance we could work together for the good of the kingdom? So that's a beautiful thing. It wasn't really on my mind. In fact, I was approached before I started my job at West Bimble. So um, I said, one panic at a time, please let me, uh, let me get settled. But he kept coming back to me, the senior minister of the church at West Linfield and saying, Okay, is there any chance you can help us? And that's because they're in a position where they knew they needed help.
0: So, so what did that look like? You know, you obviously didn't start with okay, we can help, but only if you merge. We want to take you over. Oh uh, yeah. You you started just by helping with ministry on the well, ground.
1: Phil Reed, he was the minister there. He he initiated all of this, and he said, look, we we would like to have a conversation with you to see if we can do something to advance the gospel in our part, in both parts of uh, of our part of Sydney. Mm-hmm. And he said we're open from you know you praying for us at that end of the spectrum right through to a merger. Uh, and we'll have to figure it out where the, the needle lands on that spectrum. And I think that was just a beautiful initial starting point, that it could be anything depending upon what we would work out to be effective and comfortable for our congregation.
0: So you initially weren't ready for that conversation, um, and it sounds like Phil had to keep on sort of courting you, keep on coming back to you and sort yeah. of asking the question, how long did it take for you for you to say, Uh, Yeah, I'm ready to have that conversation. I'm ready to talk about partnership or collaboration or or something. Uh,
1: The answer is about four years Mm. because you approached me before I started and it was like get get my uh, feet under the desk first uh, and and try and understand the church that I was given formal responsibility over. So it took about four years and then after that amount of time we started uh, seriously engaging. And that's when I think we really started. So they tried... um, before, he approached me as I started, and in those four years, they as a church tried other things. Yep. Uh, they had some financial reserves that put on an assistant. Um, they did some new work in scripture and schools and so forth in order to see if that would be blessed by God and would kick on hmm. uh, mission-wise, ministry-wise. And then after they had done that process, after I'd had my feet under the desk for a while, uh, they came back or he came back and said, Hey, would you like to have that uh, conversation now?
0: So how quickly did it take for you to sort of land on, I actually think the best thing, or we actually think the best thing for the gospel going out in our region is going to be for us to merge as as two churches into From one. From that,
1: uh, if you like, second approach That's right. through to us doing it, it probably took he and me talking for nine months or so.
0: And so that was just the both of you chatting as sort of senior yep. ministers. Yep. You're in an Anglican church. so. Mm-hmm governance structure, for those who don't know Anglican Churches, is you've got a parish council mm. that makes decisions with the with the rector on property and finance. So I imagine this is sort of a conversation that needs to yep. involve them at some Absolutely. point in time. So how quickly, how soon did you sort of start involving so both parish after councils?
1: after he and I had talked through and said, look, this is a possibility, and it took me until that point to figure out that if we didn't do something, we would be uh, at our ceiling. Yep. Uh, so that's why I got interested in that conversation and then from there I knew I'd have to approach all the stakeholders, including the whole church, yep. but our governance structure means that you'd go through the uh, the governors, the, the wardens, the church the parish council, uh, test it with them and also my staff team actually. Uh, there was quite a few conversations along the way with them to say this is perhaps why, this is what their motives are, this is what they hope to achieve. This is where, you know, where could we land that needle on that spectrum? And so lots of conversations, both of a tested out nature through to getting more
0: and more serious. So it sounds like uh, Sir Matt's uh, West Pimble was in a sort of a a growth stage and and hitting actually ceiling problems with the building space. Yep. And uh, Linfield was, uh, you know, plateaued, declining. Yep. That's correct. Yep. 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 So... um,
1: under God for what we're only like five kilometres apart, mm. so go figure. Um, and so St. Matt's, after a good many years of solid, faithful service and growing, had reached a ceiling in its evening service. We could either spend lots of money and extend the building, or this approach came across. We did have some other thoughts as well, um, church plants and schools and things like that. But then, when this uh, approach came, we you you run with it. Mm. You see if it's from God and. Um, and I'd say that's what it was. Uh, so us, uh, particularly what motivated me is that I'd seen our 6 p.m. service um, over the 80% mark, you know, the 80% full mark. We were, we were doing more than that because our foyer, if you like, we can open up the doors into our foyer and put people there. Mm. And so we could overfill, actually over 100%, uh, by using the foyer space, and we we're doing that quite regularly. But what that communicates to all your visitors is there's no room. Mm. So uh, I knew that if we did nothing, we'd feel good, but we wouldn't be reaching even more people. We'd just be at the feel good. We're doing great stuff factor, which isn't mission factor.
0: Yeah. So, so really helpful in the sort of decision making process. You can expand, you know, build a bigger building, but that not, wasn't necessarily feasible. Um, you can put on more congregations, but you already had kind of had enough congregations in in the, in the church. Well, we place. did
1: toy with you know Friday night ones, Saturday yep. night ones. Catholics have the Saturday night thing sorted. We Protestants don't seem to. Um, <laughs> Friday night is when we have a youth group, so we didn't want to injure that. Uh, so you're constrained.
0: Now, you could have church planted as well. You could have sent people out.
1: Yeah, to a local school. Um, they had actually, St. Matt's, before I got there, had renovated uh, and done a great job of it. And that renovation paid off in terms of filling the building after about seven, eight years. Yep. And when they were renovating, they decanted into a school, so we could have perhaps gone there. Uh, that has its issues, but, you know, it was there. So we, we entertained all these thoughts. What's the best way to go Friday night, Saturday night, another service? How do you cram in um, church in, uh, on a Sunday morning or two in the afternoon?
0: So you've now uh, met, you've road tested with parish council, with your staff team, uh, Phil and the parish council at Linfield are on board. What did the next step and next stage look like?
1: Look, uh, there was a long process with the two sets of wardens, so the sub-portion of the parish council met over a number of months Mm -hmm. to test the issues and where it would go. By this stage, I'd worked out that um, what was needed really was a full merge. um, And I think it was we wouldn't be able to do a ministry at the other site if we didn't have our team on that site. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it was a trust issue our people. If we said off you go that's wonderful it's going to be good for Jesus they would have gone well in fact they did ask what's wrong with the church there that it's declined. Yep. Uh, all sorts of theories you know it's in the bad corner of sydney or you know the area uh, the church is mislocated the preaching's no good which is wasn't the case or whatever. So there were all sorts of theories that we that we heard and we we had to address those kinds of things. So the wardens nutted all this out, which it,
0: which, which which was another, I guess another option. Send send you know forty or fifty people across, hmm. let them join, uh, lose them. But, but as you say, that's um, you know it's a big step for congregation members to make. We most... thought
1: because they don't know the other church hmm. and its minister, they would have had all sorts of trust issues, and so we needed our leadership working with their leadership yep. in order to make this work. And that was a major early insight.
0: So you've, um, you've recognised that. Uh, having the conversation with Phil, hey, we only think we can do this if there's a, a full merge, mm. uh, which means becoming one church mm. uh, in two locations, which means handing over leadership to, to yourself. To me, yeah. Uh, what, what does that look like? I, I know, I've known a few senior ministers. Yep. They're not really often willing to hand over leadership and hand over well, resources.
1: I will sing his praises uh, so much because that requires extraordinary humility. Mm, mm. He'd been the, the senior minister there about 15 years, 14, 15 years by that stage. And I think, you know, they had tried things and he was ready to do this for the good of the area. Yep. That was his heart and his motivation, which meant if he stepped down uh, as the, the, the one in charge... That's what it would take for the sake of the kingdom. That's extraordinary, mm. actually. Mm. There's a gospel-hearted man who's prepared to give up his power. Sounds very Christian to me. Uh,
0: <clears throat> and and with an with an urgency to see the gospel go out in, in the region as well. So that's... and
1: with a risk because uh, he came on. That the plan was he'd join, if you like, my team, like some of the other assistants, which means he's fireable.
0: Yep. Yep. and stepping down from that, you know, senior minister position.
1: Where in our system we have tenure. Mm. So that's what he gave up. That means he's extraordinarily humble and driven by mission. And that is beautiful. Mm. And, and and that aspect helped that church come into this.
0: Yeah, so again, really helpful to see there's two there's two groups, two yeah. different groups here you're paying attention to. Now, you're rightly paying attention to at this stage St Matt's West Pinball but as you think about the merger, you've got to now think about yes. both, both groups because you're wanting to lead. So uh, we together. talked
1: about how he would lead his church into the process, how I'd lead our church into the process, yep. and then he had responsibility for his half and mine, my, my, my half. But we had to do that, if you like, groundwork in order to get to the point of actual uh, merger, which wasn't the first step. Hmm. So the first step was we called it a partnership. Um, So what we did was we said, let's work as if we're one church. Um, And so he, even though he was still the senior minister, he functionally operated as an assistant. Mm. And all of a sudden, what we did was we started sharing all the team on both Mm sites. So he preached on our site, I I and others, when I preached on his site, we mixed all that up. It was a get-to-know-you exercise as well as a explore do we like each other kind of exercise.
0: And you actually did send some people over to the morning congregation. It came
1: a little bit later but but early in that partnership. So back in the cell of the whole thing to my side of the the, the church we uh, we had a big we have an annual dinner anyway and so I laid out the vision for this there. Yep. And uh, we said I didn't tap anyone who lived in that area to go. I didn't want to do it that way. I wanted mission to drive their heart. And so I I put that as the the cell or the what they had to do, and uh, said, let me know if this is your thing. So we had five couples, ten people, mm. who were elderly, uh, middle-aged, but that's perhaps a better way to put it, uh, <laughs> who who said over the next couple of weeks that they'd go, yep. and they did. Now, that's ten people, there's not many, mm. uh, from our family service to their family service, and their first reaction was, at All Saints, their first reaction was, wow. This place is so full. It's so much energy. And we went, what? Yep, yep. So it was really interesting, those early reactions. But those 10 people are the, um, uh, you know, I'll die for them. They're beautiful. They saw the vision, then they went. And since then, over the last couple of years, others have, at different times, yep. without necessarily a major cell, just followed suit. And we would have uh, many more than that. And the reason why I was happy with that initial 10 was I didn't want... Um, more to go than were in the church itself. Mm, mm. So 10 was well under that mark, uh, but I didn't want it to be look like a takeover. It was a partnership mode yep. um, and we wanted to assist and boost uh, but really even with those 10, it was still not a hugely viable service.
0: So at this stage of building trust, uh, you're being careful about what you're calling it in terms of calling it a partnership. At any point in time, can Phil and All Saints put their hand up and say, no, nah, this is too much. We, yeah. don't want to, we don't want to merge. We want to stop. Yes, and likewise, there is. <clears throat> Sir Matt's as well.
1: Uh, yes, there, they, we could do that. Um, so the way it worked for him to come under uh, me was he resigned mm-hmm. and I employed him as an assistant minister and the archbishop of here appointed me as the interim minister. And the way that interim function works was the group that finds a new senior minister paused that process. They yep. just didn't activate so the way to get the get out of jail free card for them was to reactivate. Okay. And say we don't like this, we'll re- go and look for a new minister. They could either have Phil back or find someone else. Okay. And then I could resign. That's the other way to do. So it.
0: you've gone through this period of partnership. What does it look like to sort of move to the formal, you yes. know, process?
1: So the partnership lasted 18 months. We we depressed further than, you know, preaching and we pressed much further with ministry and so on. COVID was in the middle of all of this, so it was harder. Yep. Although uh, one of the beautiful things about it was that we had the capacity to do all the online stuff at quality, which they would have struggled with. And a number of their wardens and others said this and they said, this is why it's so good. Mm. So mm. that was a little boost along the way. Um, and so after about 18 months of that, I proposed to both churches that we uh, take this formal and uh, and do it um, properly. We did use language like... Let's be engaged for a while to see if we want to get married. Uh, and
0: so I just said, let's, let's get married. <laughs> so, it's helpful. You've used the language of dance, and now you've used the language of sort of uh, yeah. being engaged, courting. They're, they're, it's a helpful to sort of say it's not, it's not something you just do very quickly or overnight, it's a building of trust. Yeah. There's a relationship uh, that's going on. Um, what you're really doing is, is leading a change management process. Yeah. Any, any insights just that you learnt just in those few stages of yeah. change, managing uh, change?
1: The way we sold at both churches was about momentum. I, I wanted a non-biblical phrase so that it didn't sound judgmental mm-hmm. uh, to say why we're doing it. So at St. Matt's we had momentum and could share it and needed it or else we'd just be full and be happy and not doing mission. Yep. And they needed momentum. So the whole merger thing was about sharing momentum. Mm-hmm. And that language, uh, I've just heard even, even in the last few days, people are uh, using it still. So it worked. And um, when you can see people joining a church, you can see the momentum. And that's thrilling and exciting. So that language I thought was good. Uh, it worked for me at least. And uh, it didn't come across as judgmental. And that was really important, not to say you failed. Yep. Um, and yet, you know, one of their wardens said to us early on, we said, if we don't change, if we don't do something, we know we'll be giving the Bishop the keys in three years' time. Mm. And they hadn't failed financially, and it's a rich part of Sydney. They'd failed, they hadn't failed, they just weren't growing. And so they knew that they had to change, and that helped. Mm. So sharing momentum was a beautiful
0: way of uh, creating, you know, yeah. creating that, I guess, that Talking. need for change and, and, yes. and moving. Yeah. So, so you've made the decision now to formally merge uh, you've said parish councils are involved, and and you, as the senior minister and the locum, on, on you know the locum for uh, All Saints, get to make that decision. What what does that look like? Yep.
1: So we're in online mode by this stage because of COVID. So what we did was we called uh, a special meeting. We would have done it as a physical meeting. It had to be an online one over Zoom, where we laid out uh, another vision for why to merge, and I and the wardens did that in this case from both churches. They Mm -hmm. both said, this is why it's good. We want to formalize this and so on. Um, And so we we called for, we had a vision night and then we called for a meeting where we'd uh, pass a motion. Now we don't have to do this in Anglican polity, but we wanted them to pass or amend or not pass a motion saying, uh, we encourage the parish council to do this. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we wanted to go to the parish council, which was, um, we were doing two parish councils actually, Um, and they can't actually meet as one but we had them in the room and doing two at the same time and uh, we came into one of those parish councils with the motion from that general meeting saying they're asking us to do this slight change of words we're going to do the same thing and ask to do it and that's how we did it we we had the buy-in going to the decision makers even though the decision makers said let's set up that process.
0: So you've said yes you've done the paperwork you've comply with all the ordinances that the Anglican mm-hmm. Church requires. You're now, um, you're now merged. Yep. Uh, what does it look like for your staff team? What does it look like for uh, Phil? What does it look like for the mission to the region as well for you as a church?
1: Thank you. Um, so staff team had been operating since the partnership in you know one church, two sites. So not much changed by then, mm-hmm. although we're more sorting out uh, the bugs and things like that. You know, what's the preaching model? Do we do two different sermons? Same thing. All those kind of little, not little, but all those kind of questions are played out by now. Um, In terms of mission to the area, uh, one of the things I didn't say was we sent some people to the 10 o'clock service from our 10 o'clock and our six o'clock service, which I said before was full. We took some out to plant a church over at All Saints Mm -hmm. in the afternoon. So that was happening at the same time. And um, then COVID hit three weeks after that plant yep. started. Oh, man. Anyway, um, so we were trying to do mission via a church rejuvenation, mission mm-hmm. via a church plant, and then back at the ranch, yep. repopulation yep. Uh, of those services. So under God, the back at St. Matt's, um, uh, the 10 o'clock service, notwithstanding COVID kind of restrictions, has regrown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the six o'clock um, within two weeks, we refilled all those seats, uh, which was you know for me it was vindication. But uh, it was one
0: of the dri- I mean, one of the key drivers for the yeah. merge was you just getting too full in that. Evening. That's right.
1: But three weeks later, COVID hits first lockdown, so I couldn't see if it was sustained. Yep. Um, I couldn't see if that was actually a an initial sugar hit or or something sustainable. So we'll never know.
0: And the four p.m. congregation that you were planting mm-hmm. obviously launched but then it's struggled got mothballed
1: yeah well it's a we're in the, those discussions right now as to what to do because it started three weeks before lockdown as i say it's been two years mm. so life is processed on and people initially made a two-year commitment to this plant but it's been like six months of meeting yeah and so we it's it's had no momentum mm. and so you know, there's some grief over that. There's some hard things uh, over that, and the the people there love it, and yet it's not sustainable.
0: Yep. So you, you're in, you're still in the integration sort of phase, the sort of working together. What does what does this look like? Um, are you able to sort of say this has been a a successful merger? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So tell Hands us down. Tell us what leads you to say this has been a success?
1: Uh, because at the Samat's end, we've uh, re-grown uh, the services in terms of numbers, yep. uh, in terms of um, uh, energy and momentum and desire for the gospel, both in the morning and the evening. There is a negative consequence in the evening I can come to in a minute. At the All Saints end, as visible only in the last few weeks, um, the morning services just blossomed and hit its straps. It's... Yep. It's You know when you're below viable and then there's some sort of magic number and you're above that? Yep. We've just flipped into that and it's just thrilling. And all the people, especially the old guard from uh, All Saints, get just smiling. Yep. They can see what's happened. Yep. And then the, the negative thing or the hard thing is the 430 service is, is rethinking its purpose and yeah. direction.
0: Yeah. So I often talk about mer- the merger, ma- you know, merger math. Um, one plus one equals three, or equals five, or equals ten. You know, the hope is that actually we're better together. Yeah. Um,
1: we used all that language and even those numbers, uh, that maths, which um, gospel maths, God can do anything. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I would say we're on the way. One plus one equals almost three. On the way to three. You know, I think we are doing better. I wouldn't go back. Yep. Thank God has blessed this. My first Sunday at the All Saints service, there were twenty-two people, and the other day there was like seventy-eight. You know, not not to boast about the numbers, yeah. but it's it's just fabulous. And so it's now got the momentum and um, we're starting to get known in the area as an
0: active church again. So you went from a church, multi-congregational. Now you would call yourself a multi-site yep. church or a church in two locations. You already had a large staff team because you're already a significantly large church. Uh, what have been some of the sort of complexities of the you know, moving from one site to two sites yeah. and, and just the complexities in this merger with just your staff and thinking through. Yeah, me,
1: that's stuff. hard actually because where do we go? I mean, I my own question is where do I go that we have two 10am services? Mm. Uh, so at the moment I'm flip-flopping. I mean, we've got pastors who are regularly on each, but then we want them cross-pollinating as well. So yeah. uh, these are hard things and I had to change... Uh, my whole ministry life has been with each of my flocks uh, each day, and now I'm not. Yep. And I, I don't feel like a failure, but I feel like, oh, hold on, am I doing my job? So these are hard things. Uh, the staff are more busy. We haven't worked out how to do one church, two sites in a settled, sustainable way. So we're, we're still peddling really hard, mm. still figuring it out. We've got to work out. Um, you guys have helped us with uh, campus constant kind of language. We've got to, f- we have thought those things through, but we've got to execute better and better. Throw a COVID on top of that, and it mucks up all of those sorts of things. Mm. So
0: it's good. So yeah, so you talked about the consultation we did with you, which was basically just helping you go through the process of thinking about what a multi-site church would yeah. would look That's like. Great. Um, what else was helpful in that process from a you know, from outside of a staffing perspective? Oh, I
1: think having the external wisdom, uh, you guys have thought about all these sorts of things before and done the research, uh, which is very useful. And just, you know, a number of tips along the way about the way you could structure your staff teams, which we are pressing into uh, as we speak now, um, and thinking about you have to have a hibernation couple of years, of course. So...
0: um, Now, yeah, you went through a change in name through this process as well, so... Yeah. So you went from St. Matt's... West Pimble, All Saints... Uh, West Linfield. West
1: Linfield to... North Light Anglican Church, yeah. Uh, that was done for several reasons. The Samats brand, if, that, if, I, if I can speak in that language, was very good. We had yep. a good reputation, so I was really hesitant. And yet, uh, I didn't want this to be a takeover because as soon as mm. it feels like a takeover, uh, we just want your land or your property or your bank balance or something. It's, it's gone, mm. right? So what we wanted to do was say, we're, we're both a new thing. So we went through a whole process of picking a name, but the parish, the whole thing is North Light, and we still refer to each site by their original names.
0: Oh, okay, so you didn't go for a location name, you went like West Pimble, uh, West It's Lincoln. actually
1: muddied uh, okay. <laughs> quite deliberately. So if you come to a church service, it'd be welcome to North Light here at West Pimble or at six o'clock or something like but
0: that. Often people go to St. Matt's or mm. All Saints. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, and that's okay, I don't mind, because the North Light thing is uh, working, okay. uh, as a name.
0: Now, reflecting on uh, on your own heart in all of this, how did you feel as the process unfolded? <laughs>
1: um, daunted, uh, scared, uh, delighted to try doing something for bold and yep. courageous. To tell you the truth, the re- one of the things I wanted to do was not turn up at the judgment day and say to God, see, I ran a full church without having tried. Mm. So I didn't want to say, him to say to me, yes, but I was sending you more and more and more and you didn't fit them in. You didn't do things to fit them in. Um, I mean, that's an extraordinary thing. So I just didn't want to turn up and say, you gave me Amina. A, a uh, but I forgot about h- half of the return. Here's only half of it. You know. mm. So that's a scary thing, and you have to check your own heart. Um, it's not about running a bigger thing or what have you. It's, it's about reaching more people. Mm. And I, I think about our church in its locality. There are other smaller churches around, other denominations as well. I feel like we're one of the churches in this part of the world that can reach that neighbourhood. Like there's 60, 70, 80,000 people. We could give it a red-hot go. Hmm. I, I don't know if we'll reach them all, but I'd like to give it a go. And together, we've got space to put them, um, different kinds of services that'll attract different kinds of people, more more momentum. Now,
0: you've just you've just sort of talked, you know, you've talked about numbers, they're people. Yes. Um, you've also talked about reaching the 80,000 in the region, the seventy to 80,000 in the region. So obviously, you're not going to do that just with these two locations. No. So how was the process of... Uh, you know, I guess a feel coming to you to say, "Hey, can can we work together to to do more?" how is was that a uh, was that was that help? was yeah. that the thing that pushed you to do that, or is that just your own heart? Uh, you well, I think the yeah. both things happen
1: at the same yeah. time, but it is a catalyst for me and our own wardens to go, "Oh, how long is this going to last? Hmm. And how do we design it? Do we design it so it can be undone? And so uh, it is designed so it can be undone in fifteen or twenty years, or sooner or later." or not undone, but we could imagine uh, All Saints doing beautifully on its own. We go, goodbye. <laughs> we'll turn around to the next one somewhere else and say, how about we do a North Light thing? Yep. Um, we're open for that. Whether that comes uh, under my tenure or not, I don't know. You'll see.
0: Now, uh, When we talk with churches about mergers, we, we have sort of three questions that we encourage a church to think about. So, is the merger possible? Is the merger feasible? Is the merger desirable? And in some ways, that, that's sort of the the process that you went through. You know, mm. is the merger possible? That first question is really the senior minister, the parish council, or the governance boards. You know, asking that question and, and taking the time to build that trust, mm. have that relationship, to be actually saying, you know, is this possible? And we often want to sort of push that with, is this actually going to result in? Uh, us better serving our local community. Yeah. Us reaching more people. Is this actually going to have a, a better kingdom result uh, yeah. at at the end of the process? Second question: Is the merger feasible? You know, that's that dance. Uh, that's that engagement period where you are really going. You know, do I really want to marry this person? Uh, we we talk about sort of addressing 25 sort of non-negotiables, uh, and and using that time to really you know push into all the hard questions that actually need to be yeah. asked. And so at any point in time through that process, you know, the, the engagement can be called off, mm-hmm. but actually it's a really crucial time to, uh, you know, to, to get a church thinking through all the real hard questions. Once, once you've kind of got through that and then that decision's being made, it's a, is the merger desirable? So we're actually going to decide to do this. And helpfully you said, we could have made that decision as parish councils, uh, but actually you put that decision to both congregations. Mm. It, was a, it was a group decision for, for buy-in Mm. Um, but also to get that confirmation that I guess you'd gone through the feasibility process really, really well. Um, so we found that quite helpful, really helpful for you to see that. Um, I'm interested to hear you sort of um, relate, you know, respond to that framework. How, mm. Does that relate to your experience?
1: I wish we had that language. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wish I'd spoken to you about that. Um, but yes, I think that fits. There's there's different stages. There's the enter- where you're entertaining the idea. Is it possible? Uh, it starts with me and the other minister, and then the, the next set of group of people you talk to, church wardens, but other staff. And you know, you get an idea whether there's strong resistance or this is unwise. So yep. that's that phase. Uh, and then you go out to the, the congregation and the partnership for us. That was our, your feasible phase. Mm. Let's test it, let's, let's see. All Saints were in a zone where they said, We have to try something. And remember, they'd previously tried to put on other staff and other kinds of things, which was great. But I don't think it delivered what they wanted. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Sounds like that was really helpful for them as a church. You know, being able to go into the process, uh, you know, with an openness to okay, we've 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 kind of expand. You know, we've done everything we can. Yeah. It's not like we've just been sitting on our on our hands and feet, but and we're the, ready to go. You know,
1: that makes them missional people. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm, I'm interested to hear. Like, I, I got engaged quite quickly. It was it was quite a fast process. I, you know, as soon as I knew I wanted to marry Natalie, I was like, I'm I'm in. Um, now I realise I make decisions quite intuitively, quite quickly. That's not everybody. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like it, it sounds like it was for some people. They could be hearing you tell that story and say, okay, from entertaining the possibility, uh, you know, after that sort of four year period and saying I'm ready to go. It was it was sort of a two year process from sort of start to finish. Was that too slow, too fast? No,
1: I think um, it was probably just right for us, or at least the outcome is des- what was desired, so you'd have to say that. We had an 18-month partnership, uh, and, uh, and we merged it two years ago, so that, that's how that's happened. So it was an 18-month dance, if back to that language, mm. and before that Phil and I were talking and the church wardens were talking, so it was longer than that process. But the church got involved uh, for about an 18-month process. That was about right for us, I think. Yep. Um, they, they were smaller church, so it's easier to communicate. We we're a larger church, and it didn't affect us as much as it impacted them. Yep. Therefore, the stakes were lower for uh, St. Matts, um, and I think therefore it was uh, not as high stakes, and therefore um, they, they were happy to go with it.
0: Now, uh, you—we've been talking about the language of merger, but you've. You've helped you helpfully use the language of partnership. Um, can you talk us through why partnership was a better, you know, a better word or, not, or Well, an Anglican merge?
1: churches do have done mergers many years before, but it's cold turkey. It's like mm-hmm. uh, we're not doing so well, let's put two not so well churches together, or it's a takeover. And so it's very brutal, it's very sudden. I uh, oh, no doubt there's chats beforehand, but we had a get out of jail free card uh, for each church along the way here yep. in that 18 month partnership thing. And it was to say, we're not going to impose this upon you, but let's taste and see, uh, let, let's learn together and grow. It. Now, worked really hard to make it work, hmm. uh, had to, and Phil was here doing his bit with, with uh, his church and me as coming in new, and they had to learn to trust me and what have you. But um, yeah, that was that, what that process was about.
0: So reflecting back on the, uh, the whole experience, what was the most helpful thing you did in this process?
1: I don't know, really. Um, <laughs> I do remember um, somebody said very early on, we've got to communicate and over-communicate mm. and then over-communicate again. So I don't know if we did that enough, but um, that was forefront of my mind. Just keep talking to people. And yep. and I, I do remember saying to people, look, um, we want to do this for the sake of mission, that's the agenda. There is no hidden agenda here. Uh, and I, I really wanted to be open and frank and, you know, as soon as you're sick of saying it, then you might be getting it across. So <laughs> I, I knew that and that's what I tried to do and Phil tried to do. And
0: uh, I think it's important. Well, I reckon that's a good time to pause. Uh, let me just talk to you about the Reach Australia National Conference, 16th to 19th May at EV Church on the Central Coast. This is a great time to bring your team uh, to come together to actually stop and pause and think, OK, what does it look like for us to reach our local region with the good news of Jesus Christ. The conference this year is all about mobilising the body. So bring your team ready to sort of think into and ask that question, how can we see more of the saints in our church gladly, sacrificially serving? 16 to 19 May, the Reach Australia National Conference. So what do you wish you'd known before it started?
1: The mistake or the th- mistake I made was the impact of sending people from our evening service to start this 4.30 plant on the evening service. Because when you do that, you think about, oh, you found your group, you send them off, and you focus on them to get them going. But I didn't think about what uh, the impact would be on the remainder of the service, even though we refilled the seats. Yep. So the people we took were our, our best people, uh, as you do. That's that's the wisdom, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was great, which meant we had a leadership void, not complete leadership void, but even now, a few years down the track, we're feeling it because there was a, a tier taken out to do this wonderful thing and our growth groups are too large because we didn't have enough of them in the remaining service. So I wish I'd spent more time thinking about the impact on the, the mother... Service, so to speak, mm. uh, which
0: is which is really helpful. You, you're re- as you say, you're revitalising uh, existing congregation in the mer- the church that, that you're merging with. You're launching, in this instance as well, a whole new congregation and gathering. Now, in, for in many senses, that's enough for a church to do just in you know in mm. a two at a two year period. Uh, there's enough energy and effort that needs to go into the planning and the preparation before mm. that. Uh, so in some ways, it, w- did. Was it a a mistake you did too much? Or, you know, they're all still good decisions? Um, Well, you're the consultant. You tell me. Um, Because I I mean, I I, I thought, I mean, personally, I think, yeah, launching and trying to do the new thing. I mean, I was pushing you to... Yeah. To launch even further and launch over more. inquiry. Yes, you were. <laughs> so you, I was going for the video. And you
1: freaked me out because you said you'd be ready to do that in 18 months' time, which We'd, means we would have done that six months ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. So had COVID not happened, I, I think you would have replaced and, and been ready to launch Yeah, again.
1: but the, the mature ones, you see, um, uh, you, you, look, you look at your people and you grow your people and it takes time. Mm, mm. Uh, and I don't, it's not that I want
0: to be hesitant, but when you take a tier out, you need them. <laughs> you do, you do. Which, which again, uh, uh, for a church who's considering this and thinking through this process, yeah, there's a there's a revitalization plan. There's also a launch plan. Each of those are going to require you to think into your you know developing leaders, mm. uh, thinking into what does it what does it look like in you know two to three years time. So actually having those conversations and being mm. a bit you know forward forward thinking. That's which, what I needed to do more. Yeah, which you had already done you know in, in the sense of or uh, well, the previous. Parish councils had already mm-hmm. done by getting the building ready for you to you know, mm-hmm. for you to join. Uh, so, uh, forward thinking now. What what does the merged North Light Anglican Church you know look like? What is what is continuing hopes dreams?
1: Plans? So, um, where you've got a factor in emerging from COVID here, mm. and uh, I think COVID's had a whole dynamic as well. Yep, which I've got theories about, but that's a different podcast, I guess. Um, what we need to do is um, make All Saints grow and reach its community. It's, it's, it's now got a viability. We now have to reach the area yep. and do local mission. And they've tried that sort of things, but we now need to penetrate. Okay, Down the track, I'd love to see three, four viable, thriving services there. Yep. And if it gets that far, then we might say, off you go, or we might say, just stay with it. who knows? In the same time, I think we need to uh, grow our evening service, particularly to be able to redo these sorts of things. Yep. Um, I don't know what the next opportunity will be. Nobody's talking to me just yet, but we, that doesn't stop us from thinking it through. But uh, right now, we're not ready for that. We haven't yet worked out how to do multi-site in cruise control. Yeah, yeah. Not that it's ever easy, but you know, uh, in cruise control, it's still a lot of effort. We're tired. Um,
0: yeah which is really which is really helpful just in that multiplication conversation to be saying we, we want to multiply health we want to you know multiply a healthy church and so actually having those hard conversations having having some way to assess uh, are we healthy mm. um, and uh, you know bef- before you you know make the decision to launch something or start something new I, i'm interested it, it was really helpful phil and all saints approached you uh, i'd like you to sort of you know think it out what would it look like uh, or, or could what would it look like if you, as a senior minister, you know, lead pastor of a church, were growing in that same situation and actually foot on the, you know, put the foot on the other yes. and went and approached another, another congregation, and said, "Hey, look, we're growing. We we actually want to reach the region. We we think you'd yeah. be a, a, a really good candidate for merging." What does that conversation look like? Yeah, um, I don't
1: know, and I haven't put in a lot to that, but I think that's a great thing to be thinking. Mm. uh, Because you want to multiply health. I love that phrase. We have a system, an Anglican system, where the bishop can help with all of this stuff. He knows what's happening in the region, so I'd probably have a conversation there. He's doing multiple, uh, our current bishop, Chris Edwards, is doing multiple versions of this around the region, so we're not the only story. Uh, But I think I'd probably start there and say, how would you approach it? How's that church thinking? But then you also know, at least in Anglican circles, you know your networks. And so it wouldn't be hard to, to say, like Phil did with me, would you like to have a chat? Yep. Um, and this doesn't have to be today, and this doesn't have to be what we did with Linfield. This, has to, this could be whatever helps us reach the region. I'd be up for that. Not quite yet, but I'd be up for that <laughs> yep. because um, it's the kingdom.
0: So uh, thinking it thinking, thinking out again further... Um, you're a pastor who's in a struggling church. Um, you talked already about the humility that Phil had shown, also his desire, you know, to see the gospel go out. Mm. Um, what advice would you have? Well, you know, what thoughts would you have for a pastor who's in that situation? You know, they've tried everything; mm. um, it's just not working. Church has been in plateau and and is declining. Uh, what yeah. advice would you give to them?
1: Well, uh, I mean, from this story, uh, it took Phil's humility to come and approach me that changed everything for Mm. the church he was the senior minister of. It meant giving up the senior role for him and coming under my leadership, and he did that with such grace. So can I challenge people, can you do that? Mm. Uh, It may not be the only model uh, or the only way it could happen. You might be able to convince the neighbouring church to send people over, which might you'd, I'd then ask, how are you going to build trust with those people? Uh, I don't think that would have worked for us. Um, I think they needed to see my presence on both sides so that the St Matts people would come and be part of a mission. So I think uh, you want to think about trust questions, but I think humility will drive this. Hmm. And if it's if it's not possible, uh, if you're not humble, it won't be possible.
0: Uh- one final question. Uh, it it sounds quite it sounds like quite com, you know quite a complex process in terms of having to to almost run two churches simultaneously for mm-hmm. a long period you know a long period of time. So eighteen months, you were the locum pastor of one church and you were also mm. um, the senior minister of another church. Now, if you're a Prezi minister, they're doing that all the time. But, uh, <laughs> but for an Anglican, you know that's why they're in the wrong system. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but for you, that would have been you know incredible amount of work. You, got, you know, two parish councils organised, two financial statements mm. to work mm-hmm. through, making decisions still, kind of as one, but also uh, you know also giving an eye to them as separate you know parishes mm-hmm. along the way. Uh, what advice would you give to a uh, you know a senior minister who's probably saying, "I've got enough meetings, I have got enough in my calendar, uh, I don't need any more complexity"?
1: Uh, I feel that every day, and yet I didn't want to turn up at the kingdom mm-hmm. uh, at the judgment day, saying to God. My calendar was full. That's why I didn't do mission. Yep. I've got to do the what? What do they say? The important, uh, non-urgent. This is this is the kingdom. you got to, uh, We've got to reach that area. Mm. Um, you know, the, the Chinese church in you know Beijing are not going to reach that that area. Uh, it's me. Yep. So we have to do what it takes, and um, I think that has to drive the heart. And you know, we're so parochial. We say so, this is my flock, and we define it that way. And God, look, I did great things, wonderful. But if you have the opportunity to do more for the kingdom, we have to break the structures to serve the people who aren't in the kingdom yet.
0: So Baz, you know, as you sort of talk about this, you strike me. There's there's lots of intentionality. There's also lots of you know, under God, things just seem to work, and it seemed to be the you know the case of the right time, or we you know God's timing in this. Yeah. You put on an executive pastor sort of 18 months mm. you know, into this process mm. as well. W- w- that was an intentional decision. How is that helpful in yeah. leading this newer church? Yeah, so
1: we had a fellow called Andrew Robson come and join the team uh, just over 12 months ago and he's been a godsend. Leading In this whole process as we're talking about merging and we're talking about all the different new dynamics of being one in two places, it became clear that the the beast is more complex than it was before, and uh, I needed help. Yep. Uh, this was outside of my skill set and needed some sort of, I guess, you know, executive pastor type role. And Andrew has been perfect for that. Uh, he's seen um, larger churches, he's seen them work out how they structure for growth, uh, and so he's just wonderful uh, for our team in that regard, yep. as well as a great fellow and a great uh, team member.
0: Now uh, you 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 talked with fondness about you know leading the flock and and loving your congregation, and you talked about that shift from mm. no longer sort of being the pastor for a congregation, being pastor for two sites, and being mm. pastor for the whole church. You also talked about the shift that needed to be made for a number of your staff team yeah. uh, as well. Can you talk us through that uh, grief yeah. process, but also the you know the why that was so important?
1: Well, this is the pipeline conversation and. Um uh, you know, at every different stage that you go through, new things are required of you and and you don't drop those values, but they're de- executed by others. And when you, you know, as, as a minister, I was a minister of a smaller parish, you know, you did everything. I grew to love that. Mm. And you, for good or for ill, you find your identity and your rhythms in that. And so when you move through different bits of the pipeline, you have to give up on those things or else you'll never get what you need to do done. Mm. So... You have to give up and grieve and let others do those other roles that are different, that coordinate to the different areas of the pipeline and learn to do new things. And so our staff had to do the same. And so they had to become leaders of leaders and actually leaders of leaders of leaders and raise up teams, which is very different from the, I can do this or I'll do it. Uh, You're not as good as I'll just do it. You know that mentality. And so, this is harder work because it's slower and requires you know, leadership skills, recruitment skills, training yep. skills, um, and um, you've got to do this in order to serve the new thing uh, at that new level or else uh, you'll, you'll die of exhaustion.
0: One of the other things you said was uh, communicate, communicate, and then communicate some more. Mm. Uh, you talked about dinners, uh, you're obviously communicating in your parish council meetings. Yep. you you put the conversation out there early. Uh, what other advice would you have for people? About I wrote a prayer uh, about the partnership
1: and then the merger. I, they have slightly different prayers, mm-hmm. and I asked our congregations to pray the merger into life, if that's the way. So uh, right at the start, we said so. It was a kind of like a liturgical kind of prayer, you know, uh, Anglicans don't mind that. But it, you know, it wasn't stodgy or anything. And I wanted um, the people praying the vision into existence. Mm-hmm. So that was another piece of communication, if you like. And uh, it was not saying this is what we're going to do. It's like, God, this is what we'd like to do. Would you care to answer that prayer? I thought that was quite a, a, a nice little thing. And so I, I don't mind writing more of these sorts of <laughs> prayers or for whatever the vision might be next.
0: So Baz, what have you wrestled with in your own heart?
1: Uh, well, we talked about humility before, and um, pride is the one that you struggle with. Um, you can get a lot of satisfaction out of saying, you know, I run two sites. And um, and so I have to, you have to keep going back to God and remembering why you're doing this is for the sake of it. You know. And God could take this away. I know this. I know this. Um, I know this. He, he could say, right, all collapse, one bad bulletin or one bad yep. message or something. It could all dissolve. It, and so it's, it's not me, it's for him. And so I have to make sure I don't get big in my head uh, and that I, I remain a servant, yep. and this is what I've been asked to serve. Um, it came as an approach initially, and you know, not wanting to be courageous for the gospel. So keeping the head and the heart humble hmm. as much as I can. And I have some good staff who will say some things. And yeah, I, I was going to say,
0: how do, you, how do, how <laughs> how do you actually I, do I have that? people
1: who will say um, I you know, they don't say too often, thank God. But, um, you know, I, I don't think this is my little kingdom uh, or anything like that. And, you know, I could go and onto another thing tomorrow. God could say, you need to go on the mission field, you mm. know, uh, for whatever reason. So it's not about me. And John the Baptist is, is fantastic. You know, he must be more, I must be less. Mm. I am flawed every time I read that. And uh, for many years, it's been a a niggle verse in my life. And so I have to make sure it speaks loud and clear in this because actually the headaches are bigger. That's mm. all it is.
0: <laughs> and I, I think as well, hopefully help, you keep on pointing to the 70, 80,000 people out there and yeah. again, how can you not go, okay, we've got to do more. We, if like, we're a church is... of a
1: thousand, this <laughs> is nothing.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Which... And if
1: we're a church of as big as Hillsong, it's still nothing.
0: Mm. Still puts it in perspective to say if we think about sydney if we think even mm. about the north shore yeah there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who don't know jesus so um yeah even the mega churches are tiny mm. <laughs> excellent well baz uh, really thank you for being generous with your time and also generous with the story being so um mm. open to share your uh, your feelings and also to talk about, uh, about the whole process. So thanks for joining us on the My Reach pleasure. Australia podcast. really great. Thank you. Now if you're thinking about uh, a merger, uh, talk with Reach Australia uh, head, out, head to the website reachaustralia.com.au uh, reach out to someone on the team uh, and we're more than happy to jump in and get involved in, uh, in helping you think through some of those key questions. Is it possible? Is it feasible? And then is it desirable? Uh, thanks for joining us on the Reach Australia podcast looking forward to chatting soon.